Ephesians chapter 3 verse 1 to 13. This is the reason that I, Paul, am a prisoner for Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles. For surely you have already heard of the commission of God's grace that was given me for you, and how the mystery was made known to me by revelation. As I wrote above in a few words, a reading of which will enable you to perceive my understanding of the mystery of Christ. In former generations, this mystery was not made known to hum humankind, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that is, the Gentiles have become fellow heirs, members of the same body, and sharers in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel I have become a servant according to the gift of God's grace that was gi given me by the working of his power. Although I am the least of all, sa all the saints, this grace was given to me to bring to the Gentiles the news of the boundless riches of Christ and to make everyone see what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things, so that, though, th so that through the church the wisdom of God in its riches, variety might, no might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was in accord in accordance with the eternal purpose that he has carried out in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in whom we have access to God in boldness and confidence through faith in him. I pray, therefore, that you may not lose heart over my sufferings for you. They are your glory. This is the word of the Lord. I wonder when your, your friends or, or family or people you know think of the Christian faith, think of Jesus, uh, what, do they, what do they think? Uh, the, the predominant thought I hear from, from people that would say that they're not Christian and don't believe in God is that Jesus never existed, uh, which is an interesting thought because there's more historical evidence for the, for the existence of Jesus than lots of other things that they would say they do believe in. Uh, so then the question becomes, once you actually look in the history and give it some intelligent thought, well, who, who was Jesus? Like, was, it, was he really who he said he was? Was he really the Son of God? Did he really die for sin? Did he really lead uh, the way in order for us to know our Father in heaven? Did he open a door or was he just a crazy guy? Was he a lunatic? Was he, was he a liar? Did he just tell stories that you know, were made up? Was he surrounded by people that supported something that were false? The, the Jewish leaders, as soon as uh, they realized that Jesus' body was not there, uh, started spreading a rumor that his disciples had stolen the body, and it wasn't true. 2,000 years later, uh, there's still people following Jesus, still believing, still trusting, uh, still living as a result of what happened back then now you look at the life of jesus and you go well some stuff happened the, like if you were to see today is is pretty unbelievable and you'll be looking for what the trick was uh, jesus walks on the water 
So the, the disciples out in a, in a boat and uh, they dismissed the crowds uh, early in the morning. Uh, Jesus came walking towards them on the sea. When the disciples saw him, they walk, walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. I wonder what your response might be. You might think it's like David Blaine trying to walk on water. You're looking for the little platform that he's used underneath. What's the, what's the trick? Well, Peter, his response is this. Uh, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And so Jesus says, come. Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out, grabbed his hand and stopped him from sinking. Uh, where, do, where do you put that in, in your world view? How, how, do you, how do you understand uh, something like that? Uh, through, through our Western mechanical view of the world where what you can touch, taste, feel is what is real. Uh, it's hard to understand that. What you haven't seen yourself, it, it's hard to believe that. And yet these are some of the things that the Bible tells us that happened in Jesus' time. If Jesus couldn't be a good person and say the things that he said, uh, he, he would be misguiding uh, generations of people, thousands of people all around the world. Uh, he either had to be lying and, and a lunatic uh, or he actually was who he said he was. But I wonder whether your picture of Jesus includes the Jesus who walked on water, whether your worldview includes his power over supernatural forces to still storms. Resurrection from the dead is the core part of the Christian faith, that those who are in Christ have eternal life with him. Uh, as Christians, we need to have a view of a world that is beyond touch, taste, and see, to know that there is a reality that is bigger than us. When I think of God, uh, that I can fully understand uh, with all my thoughts, I, I can grasp how everything works, the, the mechanics of everything. That's kind of, to me, a God that you could kind of put in the box, put on the shelf, take out, understand, and be confident in. Uh, most people that want to stay with a God on the box go join a cult because the, the way people think in a cult is the way that they're told to think. Uh, so most people that would look at Christians would say, well, you're part of a cult. Like you've just been told what to think and you're blind. Surely, surely you could be more intelligent than that to, to believe that there is a God who created the, the world, a God who loves us, uh, heaven in the future. Don't, don't be unrealistic. It's a scam. I don't know if you get those messages. I get them regularly. I, I get the calls. Uh, most people will look at Christianity and go, it's a scam. The church, it wants to get your money. Uh, they're asking for money to help with heating. <coughs> And if you're in a cult, we would pressure you. We would say, what's your bank balance? All right, we'll take that much. We're not in a cult. We're freely received from God and freely we get to give. And so people have this view that is kind of boxed in of Christians and boxed in of God, and it couldn't possibly be. But do you know what? I don't want to believe in the God who fits in a box. 
Uh, I like mysteries. What about you? Uh, what kind of mysteries do you like? Uh, do you, who likes a murder mystery? Yes. After 23 seasons of Law and Order Special Victims Unit, I'm done. I, can't, I just can't do any more murder mysteries. They're all the same. They'll turn out the same. The script is the same. I like a mystery where I don't know the answer. Uh, recently, it feels like a lot of the mysteries around missing people. Uh, so Katie and I, when we, when we flick on Netflix, it's like, oh, another missing persons one. Let's watch it. And it's, it's kind of like it's 50-50 whether you feel good at the end of that movie. <laughs> Usually you're a little bit worried and concerned about the world we live in. We like a mystery. When when we start a book, uh, we like to finish it. Uh, Hamish was saying to me the other week, I don't want to read any more of those books because as soon as I start them, I I know I have to finish them. And that was like me (laughs) growing up. I'd be reading under the covers these books because I just had to know the end. Well, Scripture talks about the Christian faith as something that even angels long to look into. That as the the prophets of old sought what it was that God was up to in this world, what it was he's doing, angels long to look into the mystery revealed in Jesus. Ephesians uh, chapter 3 speaks to us of this mystery. You you should have a red Bible in your pew in front of you. Uh, I'm on page 950. You can join uh, me on page 950. And we're looking at verse 3. And it says this. Uh, So the mystery was made known to me, Paul says this, uh, by revelation. Well, So what's the the mystery of Christ made known to Paul by revelation? So that's page 950 on the Red Bibles. What was the mystery? Well, think about Paul. Paul was the guy that said, uh, I was for years caught up in the heavens and I was either in the body or I was out of the body, but I didn't quite know. I wonder if you've thought about that phrase, that Paul was in the body or out of the body, he didn't quite know. Have you ever been in a dream uh, where you weren't quite sure whether you were in a dream or it was reality? Uh, A couple of nights ago, apparently I had a conversation with with, uh, Katie and I was very adamant about something. I remember that conversation. It didn't turn out the way that she told me it turned out, but you know. (laughs) Paul... Two or three years in the body or out of the body, you didn't quite know and received what? Revelation from God. That is uh, understanding about things that he couldn't otherwise know apart from God revealing them to him. And, And so Paul had a mystery revealed to him by revelation. Does your worldview include that? People receiving dreams and visions that explode their way of thinking. God working outside of writing a journal article to give us the understanding on something. If you flick back one page to chapter 1, uh, we see in Ephesians uh, 1 that Paul uh, reveals to us some of what this mystery is about. If you go down to uh, verse 10, uh, or starting at verse 9, uh, so... Over the page 949, halfway down, is verse 9. And so he's made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time. So this is the mystery, as a plan in the fullness of time to gather up all things, uh, to bring to unity all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. When we think of heaven, we, we think of something that is very much separate 
Uh, we think of something as good and perfect, no more tears, no more pain, no su- more suffering. Where, when we think of the earth, we think of it's full of people. It's full of people that maybe aren't great at getting along. Well, the mystery of God is, is that he wants to gather all things and bring unity, all things in heaven and on earth. Uh, so, so that's the, the first part of what Paul tells us about mystery. Uh, the second part is in the chapter for today, so back to 950, uh, chapter 3, verse 6. Uh, the Gentiles have become fellow heirs, members of the body, and sharers in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. So through the good news, uh, the Gentiles, so that's probably most of us here, uh, there's Jews and there's Gentiles. Uh, Originally in the Old Testament, it was God uh, selected a a particular people, the Jewish people, Israel, uh, called them uh, to gather as a people in order that he might bless them and prepare a land for them that they may live in blessing in order that they may be a blessing to the nations. Now Paul's saying the mystery revealed in Jesus is, is that God chose a particular people in order to reveal his purpose to the whole world. And the purpose is fully discovered in Jesus, that all people will be brought to unity in love under Christ. So this morning we've we've talked about baptism, that baptism is about you being included. I don't know about your experience in life growing up, uh, life today, uh, often people are really good at making us feel not included, right? <laughs> uh, people are, are very good at excluding us. At, at school, the, the common issue with my kids seems to be you're, you're in the group or you're not in the group and the, the people that are in the other group want to persecute your group and be mean to you and unkind. And we grow up, but you know, adults are maybe a little bit more polite about doing it, but, but they, they still do it. So the message of Jesus is, is actually that God wants all people to be gathered, there to be a unity that all people would know love. Romans eight nineteen says this, that all creation groans for the revelation of the sons and daughters of God, a longing for redemption from decay. So society feels like it's pulled apart and people are more individualistic and pulled apart. The message of God is, is that creation is groaning for the, for the revelation of the sons and daughters of God. That What purpose, though? So the purpose of God may be revealed to the world that he wants to include you in his family. He wants you to know that you are loved and included and valued that you have a purpose, that, that actually we don't exist, eat and drink, tomorrow we die. We actually exist with purpose and that we have value. See, the mystery hidden through the ages is that God includes you and I through grace. Now, it's really easy to, to see that you can be included in something because you pass the test or you get the right results. That's the world we live in. You pass the test, you get the right results, you do something well, you're included. The the message of God is that he's actually made a way for all of us to be included, that we would all know love now into eternity. And so the mystery, though, continues. Part of the mystery we see a little bit further down in verse 10 
is, uh, so the mystery hidden for ages, verse 9, uh, in God who created all things, uh, so that through the church, the wisdom of God in its rich variety may be no, made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. A lot of people uh, find a little bit of encouragement in faith. You might find a little bit of encouragement as you gather here this morning, but then go out into the world and discover that whatever encouragement they receive, the the world is so discouraging that you kind of get any thoughts of encouragement get crushed down by the world. The, The view of the Bible is actually in the world there's more than just what we see. There's rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. There's rulers and authorities in this world. In a couple of weeks, uh, in Ephesians 6, we will be talking about how our war isn't against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and principalities in, in the heavenly places. What, what does that mean? As, as much as you pursue love in life, there is forces that you cannot see that conspire against you being at unity with people and at unity with God. So forces that we cannot see that conspire against that. That's... How do we wrap our heads around that? Well, what do we do with that? Uh, well, Jesus says, if you know the truth, the, the truth will set you free. Uh, what, what is this? The truth that you're included by grace? Uh, the truth that we are loved, valued uh, by our Father in heaven. Uh, the, the truth uh, that He is our provider. Uh, the truth that we have a future. Uh, the truth that we can have hope even when a situation feels hopeless and we feel hopeless. So why is it, why is it important that as Christians we read the Bible where we're like sieves, where truth seeps out of us, uh, where we hear different things and they sound good? Uh, the product of uh, whether our truth is good, the way we can evaluate it is, does life work better when you live according to that truth? Uh, Last week we were talking about how we view the world affects how we live in the world, uh, and we are the ones that have authority. We get to choose what it is we believe. If life isn't working well, if relationships aren't working well, We get to make a choice about the truth we believe, but we also know in the back of our heads that there's rulers and authorities and the heavenly places that stand against it. But we know that if God is for us, who can be against us? So we read the Bible as Christians to be reminded of truth and encouraged in truth. when I talk to my daughter about her friend uh, and what he thinks about God, uh, she says, oh, he, he says, no, I don't believe in God. Why do you believe in God? I believe in science. I, I think uh, a lot of belief in this world is really shallow <laughs> because if you look uh, from a scientific point of view at the Bible, uh, you see a lot of things uh, where the Bible was ahead of the time, uh, like you know how people used to believe the earth was flat? Uh, the, the Psalms talk about how the, the earth hangs in nothing like we know it to be. Uh, people used to think there was 1,100 stars. 
Uh, the, the Bible talks about how stars are uh, so many that you cannot count them. That's how we understand things to be now. Uh, the, they used to think that air was weightless. Uh, the Bible talks about how air has weight. Uh, scripture informed by God understands the world. Actually, the world works better. Uh, my daughter's friend who said, no, I believe in science. Uh, I don't believe in religion. Just parroting an idea from someone that thinks Christianity is a scam just trying to get your money. Truth is, uh, God has love for you. And we see this in the second half of Ephesians 3. Uh, So Paul, after he says all these things about the mystery being revealed, says this, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth takes its name, I pray that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through his spirit and that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. As you being rooted and grounded in love, I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Uh, to bring to unity all things on, from heaven on earth. To bring to unity all things on heaven and earth is about you knowing what fullness feels like. Uh, often in life, we can feel empty. Paul's prayer is that we will be full. And what does he pray that we'll be full with? If you look down, verse 18, I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints... Uh, What is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with the fullness of God? You and I are designed for fullness. (laughs) Uh, We know what emptiness feels like. God in Christ has prepared fullness for us. And so if you want some of the fullness that God has prepared for you, I'm going to pray And uh, I would invite you to echo the the prayer as I pray it. Our God, according to the riches of your glory, strengthen me in my inner being with power through your spirit. I invite Christ to dwell in my heart through faith. Root and ground me in love. Give me power to comprehend the breadth and length and height and depth of the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Fill me with the fullness of God. Lord, now we look to you, the one whose power is at work within us, the one who's able to accomplish abundantly far more than we can ask for or imagine. And we say to you be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus, in all generations, forever and ever. Amen.